fully alive. Fully alive. Fully alive as we've been revived by God our previous series. We are going to be taken into this place of if we are revived, then let us live fully alive. As I shared last time, this is not some sort of creative thing that Adrian came up with, cool names. God has led all the way, provided the resource, and has made it really clear that this is where we're going to be hanging out. The Fully Alive series is one where we literally are going to talk about real lives, your real lives, our real lives, and an awesomely real God and how he moves in our lives. So this series is all about sharing testimonies, and we do unpack scripture through it, but it's about a testimony, your testimony. I've said last week, and I sent out emails, if you feel God stirring in you, that you want to share what God is doing in your life, how you came to faith, what he's done in the last year, what he's done in the last two days, the last 24 hours, heck, if you want to share with with us what God is doing with you in this service, that's great, get in touch. We would love to enable you to do that. Today, I'm really excited to be inviting Chris Duffett to come hang out and share his testimony. Chris, how are you? Really well, thanks, Adrian. Well, you guys don't know yet. I'm sure he'll tell you a little bit about it, but he has been cycling for the past four days? Three days. Three, oh, sorry, yeah. three days. Just went to Norfolk kind of thing, just as you do, miles and miles, no matter the rain, no matter the sunshine. It was wet on Friday. It was. I was drenched. <laughs> but for those of you who don't know Chris, uh, he's a friend, a mentor, but you're also the, the founder of The Light Project. You're co-principal of The Light College and Collective. I am. I got it right. Boom. Uh, He is, again, part of the Grand Zinn team as well. So Lighthouse Cafe and all sorts of stuff over there. Um, And uh, he's just absolutely awesome. So would you help me welcome Chris? Oh, that's lovely. Adrian. Beautiful. Before you head off to start talking to us, not head off as in dive in. No, (laughs) could I pray for you? Would that be all right? Yeah, of course. Let's just pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for Chris. I pray, God, that as he shares with us what you've been doing in his life, that by your spirit, you would speak to us, that his words would penetrate deeply within us, God, that we would be transformed. Bless him, bless his words, bless our time together. In Jesus' precious name, amen. 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 Chris, over Thank to you. you. Adrian, so lovely, so wonderful to be with you, and what a beautiful introduction. Thank you. Love being Adrian's friend. It's such a joy. So Adrian mentioned uh, the Light College, so I'm one of the principals of the Light College. Sam is uh, one of our graduates, and we have students all over the country who this year have been doing their studies all online and all from home. But we will meet with them in July all together for a celebration of this year. Woo! (laughs) So this year, what a year. And I've had to work out, as I'm sure you have, that I am a follower of Jesus. And being uh, a follower of Jesus means that's never furloughed. So I'm a a follower, not a furloughed. And I, I need to keep following Jesus. Otherwise, I get stuck. And this year has been a huge opportunity for each one of us to get stuck stay at home, watch the box sets, uh, enjoy the sofa. And I've had to work really hard not to get stuck in following. So I want to share my story this morning of this year and also how I came to follow Jesus. 
So this year, this year I uh, have worked as an artist. Uh, I've been an artist for a, a number of years part time. And uh, I had to work out how am I going to still bring what I believe is from God's heart to people around me. So I love it when people get what it means to be a follower of Jesus. And I usually do that in cafes and pubs. I paint for people. I pray for people. I pray for people to be healed. How do I do that on a year where I can't see people? So I started to offer my artwork for free online. And over this year, I have given away over 2,000 prints all over the country to people, sending them in the post, blessing people as much as I can. And I have had the privilege of seeing Jesus heal people through Zoom. And it, it, it seems that being online and being on Zoom isn't a problem for the Holy Spirit. We did an online alpha as a small lighthouse cafe team and saw the most dramatic healing of someone's elbow. It was so painful, they couldn't pick up a cup. Now, I didn't realise this. And we were just about to go into our little groups online. And as we're about to do that, unbeknown to me, one of our group was just about to say, Thank you, everyone. Lovely evening. I must go. Uh, I'm just going to make up an excuse. And then I said, you know what? I need to pray for someone. I've written some things down here that I believe are from uh, God's heart. On top of the list was someone's right elbow. And this lady said, but that's me. That's me. So we prayed for her elbow and it was instantly healed. And the following week, she shared her story by waving her arm around and her elbow. Uh, I spoke to church leaders uh, earlier on this year and felt I needed to pray for someone. There was about 100 church leaders in front of me, little screens, and I felt I needed to pray for someone's wisdom tooth to be healed. And as I said those words, this man who could not eat, he, he had been in such pain his wisdom tooth was healed and he was able to eat <laughs> he was so happy because he was really worrying about how do I get to the dentist and what do I do so this year I've had to choose and it's been really hard but choose to follow the Lord Jesus when the temptation is to languish don't know if you've experienced that just the languishing of hiding away, stepping back, not wanting to engage with people. It's a natural response to trauma. And each one of us have experienced trauma this year in different ways through those that we have not been able to hug and embrace, for those that we have lost, for that which we have not been able to do. The trauma can kick in <laughs> and then languishing that self-protection that I will not do anything now. I'm in a safe place. So as followers of Jesus, I want to encourage you to follow him and not languish, not to be 
be um, stepping back but step forward in this opportunity. I uh, desperately believe we have an opportunity. People desperately need what we've got. Desperately need what we've got. And my prayer is that as we go and as things open up, that I'll be able to give what I've got. And I want to encourage you this morning to give the hope, the friendship, the belonging of Jesus uh, to those who are in desperate Mm. situations. Now, when I was 17, I became a follower of Jesus. Uh, I was a typical vicar's kid, uh, living in Papworth, just down the road. My dad was the hospital chaplain and uh, the parish priest. And I was such a rebel. I was like, I'm not having this. Because at the age of 12, I decided it was all rubbish and very boring. And I would not engage with it at all until my sister became a follower of Jesus. And it was like seeing light from darkness, life from death. I knew she wasn't making it up. Such a, a, an awful lifestyle my sister and I led in, in how we treated others, how we would always, every opportunity we had to get drunk and uh, it, it was awful and it was horrible how we fought with our parents. But my sister became a Christian and the transformation, I saw it before my eyes. And so I asked her about it. I was like, so how, how did this happen? My oldest sister had led her to Jesus and prayed for her. She had encountered Jesus at university. And my sister said to me, Chris... Jesus died for you. I thought, that is absurd. See, I knew the story, but for me, for me, and those words, I could not get them out of my head. Jesus died for me. And that is a message that I have brought to to hundreds, thousands of people. This outrageous gift of Jesus for them. Later on, I went to a youth event. At 17 years old, I went with my girlfriend. And I heard some words of, you can follow Jesus. Nothing could stop me becoming a Christian. Nothing. And from that moment, I became a follower. I'd started to share everything that I had. I was still smoking at the time, so sharing my cigarettes with everyone that I met on the streets. I'd sit with people, I'd share anything that I had. And I wanted to help people, and I started to love people. And from that moment, I've followed Jesus. And it has not always been easy following him. But what life in all its fullness, choosing to follow Jesus and follow him and follow him in his slipstream. And that's the invitation for each one of us. 
And uh, the first thing that stopped when I became a follower of Jesus is that I stopped swearing at my mum. <laughs> and she noticed. She was like, oh, wow, this is... And my, my heart changed and my outlook completely changed and realised that gift of the Lord Jesus, his gift, the love lavished upon me, changed my life. And that's the power of what we have, that we can tell people, Jesus, he gave his life for you. God loves you. Uh, I'm co-principal with a man who is alive because a complete stranger came up to him and told him that there is a God and this God loves him. And he was on his way, a careful plan to end his life unless he heard from someone that there was a God who loved him and he's alive. The simplicity of Jesus died for you, God loves you, the power of what we have to share our story with those around us. Let's keep telling others that they are loved, Jesus died for them. Thank you, Adrian. Bless you. Real joy to share my story. Thank you, Chris. Can we hear it for Chris? Thank you so much for sharing, Chris. Oh, he's lost his mask. He's found his mask. All is good. The mask has been found. Um, thank you so much, Chris, for sharing. It's a, it's a reminder. Real life. Real life. Some of those things that you've heard from Chris may be some of your own life, your current life or your past life. They might be lives of those around us. It's real life. In, in chatting to Chris uh, about testimony about this morning, one of the, the scriptures that he referred to was that of Mark 1. And we're going to dive into uh, Mark 1 verses uh, 14 through 20. And Mark is kind of one of the more succinct, shorter, straight to the point kind of gospels. Mark doesn't mince his words. He kind of gets into it and kind of goes from there. And we're going to pick up right after uh, Jesus is returning from the temptation in the desert. So he's been baptized. Uh, the Spirit has come on him. He has gone into the desert. He's been tempted. He's walking out. And we see in verse 14, Mark 1, starting at verse 14, says this. Now, after John was arrested, Jesus came into Galilee, proclaiming the gospel of God and saying, The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Passing alongside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew, the brother of Simon, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, follow me, and I will make you become fishers of men. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. And going on uh, a little farther, he saw James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, who were in their boat mending the nets. And immediately he called them. And they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired servants and followed him. A simple reading. A shorter reading. Some of you might be thinking, oh goodness, thank gosh. Adrian's been reading like entire chapters for the last few months. So glad to have just a few verses as opposed to the whole thing. But that's very much like Mark. It's short, to the point. But... Don't let it fool you. It may be short, 
maybe to the point. But man, is there stuff in there for us. We see again that this takes place after the baptism of Jesus, after the temptation. And immediately following that, we see that the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Some translations say the kingdom of God is near. You see, right, right off the bat, we see that if technology will work, where Jesus is present, the kingdom of God is near. He declares, Jesus declares, I am present. And now he, I am now allowing and stating the fact that the kingdom of God is near. That is what he's talking about. Hey, I'm here. Guess what? I'm here. And where Jesus is present, the kingdom of God is present. And we've been talking about the last few weeks about how he poured out his spirit for us. How he is present in us and through us by his spirit. So guess what, y'all? The kingdom of God is near. Let that sink in for a second, though. He is with us. So the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God, the Almighty, the creator of not just you and me or this building or this, but the universe is near. Where the presence of the Lord is. Do we treat our lives our day-to-day lives. Do we treat our lives as if the presence of the Lord is near? As if, as if the, the, the kingdom is near because the presence of the Lord is with us? I don't know about you, but I, I fall short on that one. I fall short. But, and, and, and Mark kind of puts it almost in as a throwaway comment. Jesus comes in and he declares, the kingdom of the Lord is near. Hey! And then he keeps on going, Right? But there's something really big in that. Where the presence of Jesus is. If we believe that God is with us by his spirit. If we believe that God is who he says that he is. Then we believe that he is with us. Yes? He is present. Yes? I haven't lost you yet. Right? I was going to say. Okay. Just making sure you're, you're still with me. And I might sound like I'm repeating myself, but like this is a crucial point, y'all. Which I don't think we live out on a daily basis. The kingdom. I've, I've used the example before. If you were invited to Buckingham Palace to see the queen and the royals, you, 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 first of all, you'd feel honored, wouldn't you? You'd be like, hold on a second. Did, am I? I got an invite. Why did I get an invite? Did the, did the mailman make a mistake? What happened there? Like, there'd be this moment of shock of, the queen requests your presence. Re- why? <laughs> what did I do wrong? I mean, I'd be asking questions. I'd be like, what did I do? Did I miss something? I am Amer- I'm not American. I am British. I sound, don't deport me. Like, all of these things would be going through my head. But I'd make, a, I'd make an, I'd dress up nice. I'd be on my best of behaviors. Yes, even me, those of you thinking it. Mm-hmm. Ah, I saw the look. Yeah, she's like, oh, really, would you? Yes, even me. But I'd also be, I'd be honored to be there. And if, the, if I had the opportunity to meet, and I, I've got to admit, you can ask my wife, I'm not a royalist. I'm not one of those people that like follows it. But if the queen shows up in front of me, I'd, I'd do the bow. I'd figure out what the protocol is. I would make sure that I'm honoring her and the rest of the royal family the way they are meant to be honored. How much more should we be honoring our king of kings? 
How much more should we be honoring Jesus? Especially when the kingdom of God is here. Like, that is something that if I'm honest, I am not stepping into on a daily basis, on a regular moment to moment. But when I take a moment to just stop and think and I go, whoa, wow. Thank you, Lord. I'm so, you know what? I do want to all, all glory to you, all honor to you. I want to give you my everything. I want to, what protocol do I have to go? Lord, what do you want from me? I, I know you don't expect me to just to bow, but, but actually every knee will bow. So let me, let me bow before you. Let me drop to my knees and say, Lord, you're my Savior. Thank you. But do we do that? And the thing is, practically, some of us will go, well, actually, I can't physically do that, Adrian. I, my, my knee, my hip, I'm too tired. I'm, okay, but, but can you posture yourself in the kingdom to say, God, your kingdom is here. You're present right now. I am yours. And that's just the first little verse that we see in this section. But it frames everything. The kingdom, the presence of God allows us to recognize that the kingdom of God is near. We were reminded at at Pentecost that the prophecy of Joel was fulfilled when it says in the last days. And hey, guess what? We're in those last days and and the kingdom of God is now. And in those moments, we are in his presence. So come on, y'all. Let us turn our lives around by his spirit and live like he's asking us to live. And that'll be different for all of us. In some respects, but in others, it'll be exactly the same. Love God. Love your neighbor. Give more of yourself to him. But that's our first point. I got a few more to go. (laughs) As we continue to read, we see that Jesus is walking alongside Galilee. And again, Mark paints this really picturesque picture, right? He's walking along the Sea of Galilee on a little stroll. And then he sees these guys fishing in the distance and he calls them. And we see that Jesus comes and meets us where we are, wherever that may be. He, as again, he declares that the kingdom of the Lord is near. He knows who he is. Jesus doesn't have a, like, a, 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 a sudden epiphany. kind of. Oh, I'm the king of kings. No, he knows who he is. And he does not sit on his throne and go, right, fishermen, your necks come to the throne, please. Oh, all right, done with the fishermen. I need the tax collectors next, please. Now you can come up. No, no, he goes to where they are. He went to them. Now, the the reason that is really encouraging is that wherever you are today, he's coming to you. Oh, Adrian, I'm I'm, I'm falling short here. I'm falling short. I've I've not even thought about Jesus. I've not even prayed. Adrian, I don't even know Jesus. I I was dragged along. I tuned in by accident. Whatever happened, wherever you are, he's not on the throne going, come on then, next. No, no, he's, he's coming to meet you. He's coming to meet you where you are. And I love that. And we see that not just in this account, but we see in, 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 in the, the stories that Jesus told. He tells us the story of the prodigal son, where the youngest goes in and he essentially deserts his father with all this money. And then he finally it like clicks and he's ashamed. He's lived a life that is not something to be proud of. And he comes back and the scripture teaches us, Jesus tells a story that when the father sees the son, he doesn't wait. 
He doesn't just stand there and go, come on then, mate. About time. I was counting the hours. In the... No. He runs to the son. He runs to him to embrace him. Jesus meets us when Chris was 17. Doing things he shouldn't be doing, saying things he shouldn't be saying to his mom of all people. I know there are some moms in the room going, what? My child spoke to me that way. I'll tell you what, right? But Jesus met him. Jesus ran to him. He ran to him. He goes to them wherever they may be. Now, Scripture does say that he calls to them, implying that there's a bit of a physical distance from where Jesus is, right, on the shore and on the boats and things like that. Now, there's two things I could see about this, this calling to them. One, we could see it just practically. It was like he was walking along the side of the sea. They're far away. So he goes, hey, guys! And there's just a physical, right? That could be it. But there might be a little bit more in it as well. There might be the fact that actually Jesus will come to us and he will call to us, but actually we have to engage with him. The, the disciples, the fishermen at that point, because they weren't even disciples yet. They hadn't accepted the call. They could have been like, who's that crazy guy shouting from the shore? Let's row a little bit farther away. <laughs> but, they, but they don't. They hear the call. They have the option to choose not to, but they hear the call. And we see from Scripture that not only is there a call to them, but actually that Jesus speaks to us in ways that we understand so that we will follow. He calls to them, hey guys! But then he speaks in language that they'll understand. Follow me and I'll make you fisher, fishers of men. They're, they're fishermen, they'll understand that language, they'll know what he's trying to say. We talked about a few weeks ago, again, the day of Pentecost, the, the gift of the Spirit bringing all these different languages that God, by His Spirit, brings clarity, brings understanding, will speak to us as we need to hear. I can promise you that Jesus did not walk up to Matthew, the tax collector, and say, hey, mate, follow me and I'll make you a fisher of men. Matthew would have been like, what? I'm, I'm good, mate, thanks. We know, we know that when he called Nathaniel... Another of the disciples, he didn't say, hey, I'll make you fishers of men. He said, I know what you were doing under that tree. I saw you. You see, Jesus speaks to us in ways that we will understand so that we will follow. Nathaniel heard, you saw me? You, you are the Lord. I mean, I'd love to know what Nathaniel was doing under the tree, right? Like, what? But whatever it was, it was big enough that if Jesus knew, he was like, wow, I am, you are, yes, come on, I'm there. How is he speaking to you today? He'll speak to you differently than he's going to speak to me. He'll speak to you differently than he spoke to Chris. Because Chris is Chris, and you are you and I am me. There might be some similarities but as he's calling us, he's going to speak to us. And, 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 and I love that it wasn't just about calling them to something that they knew. Because again, he speaks in a way that they understand, right? Hey guys, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. But it's not to go be fishermen. 
It isn't, hey, come follow me and I'll, I'll stick you in your comfort zone and we'll hang out normally. He spoke to them in a way that they understood, but it was to go do something that they were uncomfortable with. I mean, we can see all through scripture that the disciples, they never really fully got it and there was uncomfort and they got it wrong, left, right, and center. They were out of their comfort zone as they were called to follow Jesus. So he'll speak to you through your passions, through your gifts, through the things that stir you up. He's going to say, hey, you love art? Come on, I want to use that. You're administrative, you're this, you're the other. You are great with young people. You are awesome at making coffee. Whatever it may be, he'll speak to you in those ways. But he's not going to speak to you just to keep you there. He's going to speak to you to follow him outside of your comfort zone. Jesus spoke to them in that way to do whatever he needed them to do. But we also see that there's an urgency in our response to being called by Jesus. Verse 18, immediately they left their nets and followed him. Jesus immediately called them and they left their father Zebedee in the boat. Immediately, immediately, immediately. Like when you hear God's voice, do you immediately go or do you try and negotiate with God? Because I try and negotiate with God. I'm like, this is real life, real life. I'm like, God, that sounds good, but wouldn't it be greater if we did it this way? That's a, I see your point, God, but I'm more comfortable here. Immediately, Jesus called and they went. He called and they went. I wonder if he's calling you. Are you going? Or are you negotiating? As he's speaking to you, the way you'll understand, are you listening? Are you following? And the thing is, that the follow here, the, we often look at the scripture and we say, oh, it's just about following Jesus at first. I'm giving our lives to Jesus. And yes, that is in one respect what we're seeing here, that they give their lives to follow Jesus. But it's beyond just that first initial moment. It wasn't just Chris is at 17 giving his life then. It's actually saying, hey, Chris, will you follow Jesus every day of your life? And this past year in lockdown, Jesus was saying, hey, give away artwork for free. Now, I'm not sure if you all heard that properly, but as an artist who makes a living off of selling art... God said, give it away for free. Chris could have negotiated. Could have, well, hold on a second. God, that's, that's, that's good, you. But I need to feed my family. But instead, Chris said, no, okay, cool. I trust you, God. You called, I will follow. And hey, Chris, I hate to put you under pressure, but have you or your family been hungry this, this year? No. Have you been provided for? Always. Always. God has been faithful. So faithful. So faithful. Like, yo, we need to hear this real life, real God situations that actually if God says it, do it. So often we negotiate with God. So Jesus, and I'm coming in, I'm close. Jesus bringing the kingdom of God close, coming to us wherever we are, speaking to us in a way that we can understand, calling us around our passions, our gifts, our interests, is asking us to follow. Are we immediately saying yes, or are we waiting? And there's also a difference between saying yes to people and saying yes to God. I need to say that quickly, I guess. I'm getting better at saying no to people. <laughs> because God, I don't want to argue with, 
But actually, sometimes people ask you to do, can you do this, can you do that, can you do the other? And sometimes, hey, that's not... So sometimes if somebody asks, I might take a second and say, what are you asking me? Is that, is that from God? Lord, are you... Yes? Yes, okay, it's a yes. Let's go. Because actually, I want to hear God's voice in it. So it's not about, oh, Adrian said, he's asked me to do something, so he wants, I've got to do it. No, no, it's not saying yes to me. I'm saying yes to God. And when we hear Jesus' voice, we want to immediately... Following. So with this, I come in to land. What is God calling you to follow him in? For some of us, it might be giving our lives to Jesus. It might be a recommitment. It might be one of those things of like, I, I've been following Jesus, but I, I kind of fell away a few months ago, a few years ago. Actually, pandemic hit and I'm struggling and I don't even know where you are. I'm here just because I want, but I don't know. Maybe he's speaking to you right now to say, hey, give your life afresh. As you're watching, as you're here. But maybe there's something else. Maybe he's calling you to something specific. Maybe there's someone to pray for. Someone to give artwork to. Someone to write for. Someone to call. Someone to love on. Maybe there's someone that God's asked you to forgive that you're negotiating with him for. Maybe, maybe there's someone that God's asked you to like, not just forgive, but do life with and love on. Maybe... There's something he's asking you to do specifically. Maybe he's asking you to go somewhere specifically. Are you listening? Are you negotiating? Our amazing God, who we remember today around the table, gave his life for us in beauty and wonder and power that we would follow him so that we would be saved, so we'd know his truth and follow him. So what is God calling you to follow him in today? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that you are an awesome God. We thank you that by your presence, your kingdom is near. We thank you, God. We thank you that your kingdom is upon us. Lord, we pray that we would be able to live our lives reflecting that truth, that reality, God, that by your spirit you would stretch us and challenge us, that we would be encouraged by who you are, that we would be encouraged to give our whole lives to follow you. Lord, I pray that if, if there are people right now, whether in the building or watching, God, that, that have yet to commit themselves to you or, or, or wanting to, to recommit, Lord, I pray right now that by your spirit you would prompt them, that you would stir in them, God, that as you call, they would immediately, immediately follow. Lord, I pray for those things that you're laying on our hearts right now, even as I speak, as I pray, Lord, that, that you are bringing to our minds that are burning in our hearts, in our bellies, God, the things that you have called us to do right now, Lord, I pray that we would have the strength and the courage to know that you are with us and to follow you. And Lord, I pray that as we follow you, as we step into following you in obedience, God, that we would see you move among us, that we would see the fruit of the following, God, that we would see the miraculous healings, that we would see those people who don't yet know you come to know you, that we would see that as we trust you, you will continue to bless. That we would trust that you are all that we need. We ask for more of you and less of us, Lord. In Jesus' precious name, amen.